You have just entered the Royal Access, the show for growth-minded game changers seeking God's direction in their relationships and careers. I'm your host, Coral Pinder, and I'm super excited about growing along with you. Now let's dive in to this episode. Welcome, 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 everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Real Access. It's your girl, Corel, And as usual, I am so excited to be here with you. So we are in our final episode of the series, Stewardship. And usually when I think of the word stewardship, I usually think of money. That's usually the first thing that I'm thinking of, of being a good steward over the funds and the money that God has blessed you with. That's usually the first thing that I'm thinking about when I'm thinking about stewardship. And that's the topic what we're going to end the series with during this week. The title of this episode is called Chase Purpose, Not Money. Chase Purpose, Not Money. And if you are a purpose chaser, you follow the podcast Redefining Wealth by Patrice Washington. And if not, I want to encourage you to listen to it, add it to your list of podcasts that you check out every now and then because it's a really good one. And Patrice, she's also a follower of Christ, but she talks a lot about wealth and she talks about money and just that's the theme of her entire series, which is Chase Purpose, Not Money. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today, how we can store it over money by not chasing money, but chasing purpose. And so the scripture that I want to focus on is Malachi 3 and 10 that says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. And in this scripture, God is telling us that if you are trusting me with your money, if you are trusting to make sure that you are bringing your tithes into the storehouse, I'm going to take care of you. And I've seen the scripture play out so much in my life, especially over the last few years when I have become serious about tithing. And so this isn't an episode that's just surrounding tithing because, I mean, this is not a church, so I'm not trying to say tithe into us because there's no way to tie into us, except, you know, supporting our programs. You know what a tithe could be for this? You could leave a review. You know what I mean? Just go scroll down. Just do the stars. If you have an iPhone, it's possible. If you have an iPhone, it's possible. And if you don't and you're in the Royal Access community, you can leave it there. You can leave it there because when we update our website, we'll be able to put it up there. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. That's what that's what could be a tithe. When these episodes are finished, if you have an iPhone for sure, just scroll down. Just go to the stars and click the stars our reading review and then just say two words just it says write a review say two I'm just saying I'm just saying like I didn't even plan to say that in this episode but it just came to me just now so I'm just saying you could try it out all right back to the episode so (laughs) one of the things that I wanted to share with you well there are four things there are four things that I want to talk about about what it means to chase purpose and not money and what it means to be a good steward over your money And so the first one that I wanted to talk about was we have to be aware of what is your relationship with money? What what kind of relationship do I have with money? Is it a scarcity mindset? Is it an abundance mindset? Is it a greedy mindset? Like, what is your relationship with money? And for those who follow my podcast or anything that I have done before, I think on the prayer challenge, one day we focused on money and I was asking 
the people that were watching the the prayer challenge, like, what is your relationship with money? Is it a scarcity mindset? And I shared for a long time, I really had a scarcity mindset when it came to money. Like, there's not enough. And I don't know why, why I grew up with that kind of mindset. I just know that I had it from a very young child. I just didn't want to spend my money. I guess the kind of language my parents used in the house, it always made us seem like we don't have the kind of money. And I think it's because they didn't want us to grow up prideful because we grew up on another class level in terms of income than my parents. Both of my parents, I would say, didn't quite grow up on the level that we are. Like, we grew up on the level where we went to private school our entire life. We, My dad went to private school, but not my mom. And so we went to private school our entire life. We didn't think about if college was possible. It was just something that you did. Now, time it came to me, <laughs> I had to go to a college that was really, really affordable. So we had to go to school in Canada. But the point is, college was still you know, always a possibility. It wasn't, if you don't get a scholarship, you won't go. So we were really blessed in that spectrum. So I think maybe in order for, uh, to make sure that as children, we weren't boastful or prideful or not grateful for the things that we had. I think my parents always used language to make it seem like, oh no, this can go in any day. Like, uh, we have a split level, which is sort of like two and a half stories or three stories. Um, and my parents would say, oh, we don't own the house. The bank owns the house. And so they would say things like that. So there was never a walking around like, yeah, we have a really big house or friends came over and said, you had a really big house. I'd be like, well, we don't even own it. And like I said, I went to school, I went to private school. We went to private school our whole life. So we went to school with kids who were, we might've been like middle class, but we went to school with people who were like, you know, upper class and really rich. And so going to their homes on, in these, you know, kind of neighborhoods, it was like, all right, our house is kind of regular. And so therefore I think that it always, you know, confirmed the, the thought that no, you, there, there's others that have more. And so even though there are some people who will look and say, how do you have a scarcity mindset? I just did because of the language that was used and my parents wanting to keep us grounded. So I remember being younger and going to school and carrying lunch and I didn't get lunch money. We got allowance. And so it was always, again, the language that was used was this wasn't lunch money to spend on food every day, just going to school. This was money that you should save when you go away in the summer. It's money you should save for something that you really want. Um, but it's not for food. We will give you lunch in the day, but you know, getting a pack lunch was not cool, especially when you came to high school. And so I would save my money, um, which was my allowance. And I would go and I would just ask a friend, like, can I have a dollar or can I have... I just became a, like a bum. Like, it's so bad to say now. But like, can I have a dollar? Can I have some of your food? So it wasn't that I didn't have food because I had a pack of lunch every day. It just wasn't cool to have a pack of lunch. I don't know why I thought it was cool to be bumming off of people. And then one time I had a cousin who was hanging out by me and she came by my house and she was like, Corel has stacks and stacks of money in her house. Now, mind you, a stack of $20 is... a stacks and stacks of money when you're in high school but they were just so shocked because it was like they felt like your parents weren't taking care of you at all because you were always asking for somebody's food that came in you were always asking someone for a dollar but it was because I felt like I had to store up the, the money for myself forget storing it in the tide house I, I I felt like I had to store up the money like I have to keep all the money and just be out there getting from everybody else and so from I was a very young age I was building up this scarcity mindset like I need to hold on to everything I need to hold on to it and so that mindset continued to grow. And I wouldn't say until it was a few years ago when I realized I was working on my own and doing things on my own. And my mom was like, you need to track your money. And I was like, track my money for what? For what? Track a dollar? No, thanks. Track my money for what? And 
I was like, I do not want to track my money. And I realized that I had a very, very bad relationship with money. And I was doing, I was reading this article and it was, it was mind shifting for me and it was on mindset and it was talking about, you know, working on your relationship with money. And she said, the first thing you need to do is consistently look at your bank account. That was extremely hard for me because the feelings and emotions that were tied with looking at a bank account that didn't have a lot of money were not good, but I had to get into the process of looking at that and understanding it and where is it now and why is it there now and where do I want it to move to and there was this exercise in that article and it was saying that your thoughts determines your feelings determines your actions determines your results I've never forgotten it I've used it a million times in trainings that I did and if you're sitting down listening to this or you go back to your journal and you watch it just write that on your paper thoughts feelings, actions, results. And so when the thought is, I don't have money, I, I, I'm not making a lot of money, I can't make any money, my feelings to the, I don't have money, I can't make any money, there's, not, there's no money coming in, there's no money here, my feelings towards that are depressed, it's overwhelmed, it's discouraged, it's disappointed. So when I'm discouraged, depressed, disappointed, my actions and response to discouraged, overwhelmed, disappointed is slothful, lazy, um, holding on to it, not trying to spend any of it. Um, I'm not in a creative space. I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to move with the motions. I'm just trying to, to be super anxious. Uh, you know, you want to buy this product? You want to buy that product? You want to get this? You want to do that? I'm just super anxious because I, I don't have any money. And so my thoughts have been telling me I don't have any money. Super anxious. And as the result, either I have people who are still not buying it because I'm just super anxious and they're wondering why I seem so, you know, anxious to get this off of off of me or I'm, you know, not doing anything at all. Either the, either the depression or the disappointment of not having money is either making me lazy or it's making me super anxious. Either way, if I'm lazy, I'm not selling any products and if I'm super anxious, I'm having the consumer wonder why am I so desperate and anxious if this is something that I really need versus something you really need. And that was mind-blowing for me to allow me to know if my thoughts are I have the ability to go after what it is or do or be obedient to what God has called me to do and if I'm obedient to what God has called me to do then income will come the there's a scripture in the Bible that says he takes care of the birds so if I'm obedient God's not gonna leave me high and dry now if I go and do my own thing then he gonna leave me high and dry but if I'm obedient He's going to make sure I'm taken care of. And we have to remember that making sure that I'm taken care of is not necessarily God's interpretation of making sure that I'm taken care of. I may feel like I'm living a high-end life and God may say, no, taken care of is the fact that you live with your parents or you're going to eat every day and that's what's going to happen in this season, full stop. But the point is, if my thoughts are, you know, God has asked me to be obedient and so he will bring the income during the time and the enough income that I need during that season and I trust it and I'm relaxed and I'm just walking in obedience to the next thing he told me to do. And so when I have that, I feel a peace. I feel a joy. I feel openness. And so when I feel peace and joy and openness, my my actions to that, I peace, joy, openness, I'm able to create. And when I'm able to create, I'm able to think of things that I could do or think of ways that I could serve in order for money to flow because I'm at peace. I'm content. I have joy and I'm resting in Christ. And so my mind is open and creative to do different things. And then as a result, the money comes. As a result, the money comes. And so 
when you have a good relationship with money, then you're able to see it flow into your hands, whatever way God wants it to flow. And when you have a good relationship with money, you're able to track it. So in order to have an awareness of what is my relationship with money and, and how do I get it to be a good one, one, I have to evaluate are my what are my thoughts, my feelings, my actions, and the results of that. And what does my account look like when it's moving? Even if I have to start looking at it and it's in the negative and I keep looking at it over and over and over and I see where it grow, grows. Another reason why tracking is so important is because the second point I want to bring to you, if you are sorting over your money and chasing purpose and not money, you have to understand the purpose of the first. Understand the purpose of the first, which brings us to the scripture we were talking today, where it says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. So the principle of the first is the tithe is the first. So you're bringing you're bringing that to God first. And so if I track my money, I know what first is. If I know I only get $200 a month, then I know first is 20. And if I know without a shadow of doubt, I'm going to give God that 20. I've only been making $200 a month for like three years. Give God that 20. Give God that 20. Give God that 20. And what it says is, I'm trusting you to lead my account because I know that in your hands, you will continue to grow it to what it needs to be at the appropriate time. And I am telling you, when I got a hold on tithing, money grew. When I started tracking my... when, when If someone says, like, you know, how did your company grow from you just making a little bit of money here and there, just trying to figure it out month to month. What what was the game changer? The game changer, without a shadow of a doubt, was, and it's I would say it's three points, and number three would be the, the third point. Actually, all of the points that I talk about today is what actually became a game changer for us when it comes to money. Because when I say that our business has been able to do well, I think all of the things that I'm talking about today are, are a big part of it. And the reason why I started with, with, having awareness of where you are with money is because you cannot move to what God is telling you to do if you're not honest about where you are now. You can't know where God is going to move you from if you're not aware of where you are now. And so it's about being open and honest about where am I right now. And the reason I think that we've been able to grow so much when it comes to financial aspect of you know, me sitting on my couch trying to figure out what this business is to having an office, having a team, having you know, a website, having so many things of the business growing, I think it's because of the things that I'm talking about today. And so number two, like I said, was giving God your first. And it said, I will open the windows of heaven for you. And I've seen God do this when I've given God my first, because those are the things that have been a game changer. I started tithing regularly. I started tracking my funds so I could know what I need to tithe and watching my funds grow over the years. And the the scripture says, put him to the test. And he is so right and so true about it. I will open the windows of heaven for you. And I will pour out a blessing so great for you. When I started to tithe, there were, I want to tell you how, how you know it's God. It's not just that, oh, people started buying your products. Oh, people started um, getting your services. There were times in my life when I, when I tithed and I watched someone come and say, we want to purchase all of the plays that you have produced. Friends, these are things that, you know, years before when I did them, the Holy Spirit told me to record them and they're just recorded. And at the time, I think I'm recording them to sell them on DVD or to have a, something as a memory of an experience or project that I was a part of or experience or project that I did. That was the reason I did it. But God knew 
that when you're obedient, I will open that window to where those funds are. So what I'm trying to say to you is there are things that you have done in your past that God is waiting to open up to be poured into you as a blessing, but your obedience to tithe is what's going to unlock the door. I've had people come to me and say, oh, this was something that you did back then and now we want to sow or reward you for it or now we want to give you the money for it or, you know, you have this information or knowledge. If you can pass this on to us, you have all of these episodes if you are willing to. And it's like thousands of dollars coming in at one time because of something that, not that I have to create at this moment, something that has already been created. So what I'm saying when God says, I will open the windows of heaven for you, that means I already have them. It's already been done. You don't know, you don't understand the design. You don't understand why everything in your life was happening happening a certain way. All of these things were being orchestrated before you knew they were being orchestrated. And so it's a matter of trusting God and being obedient so that he can open up the things that you don't know. I remember one time when I just found a thousand dollars just under, no, we don't always have it now. So just, 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 just note. But the point, it was somewhere in a house. It was somewhere in a house. It was just somewhere in a house. But when you get obedient about giving God your all, then it's like, okay, now I can unlock some of these things. They're already ready for you. And so that's why the scripture is so true when it says, I will pour out a blessing so great, you won't have enough room to take it in. So that's the second, understand the purpose of the first. And that's given 10%, 10%, 10% of $1,000 is $100. 10% of $1,500, $150. And God's just saying, trust me with the first, be obedient, and I will open up the doors, the things that you don't even know have already been set up, but they're being held up because of your lack of obedience. They're being held up because of your lack of obedience. The third one, sow into good soil. Sow into good soil with tides. God wants us to bring tithes and offering. So offering is anything over that 10%. And I do believe a lot of times that offering could be you giving to the church's building fund. I believe that offering can be you just giving to someone into in the church. And I believe that offering can be sowing into opportunities or, or people that God has told you to sow into. I've had times throughout my life where God said, I need you to sow into that person or I need you to invest in this experience. I need you to invest in this experience. And I've seen God work it in two ways. And so I remember paying recently $500 for a Lisa Nichols course. It was on the online weekend. And I remember thinking that the weekend wasn't as light bulb changing as I thought it was going to be. And at this point, I had invested in Lisa Nichols programs for a few years at this point by 2021. I think I've been investing in things that Lisa Nichols was doing from 2018. And so I've never been to an experience where I felt like I didn't learn a lot. And so I was kind of disappointed because I've even been to free things that she has done and felt like, and people are not entitled to give you a whole lot of real information in a free free course, but she, I've been to free things she's done and really felt like, whoa, like I went away with so many like, aha moments and light bulbs and so good nuggets. And I was like, oh God, Holy Spirit. Like I've spent three days just sitting on this couch online because it's on Zoom 
And I've invested $500 in this weekend of three days. And then I really can't catch every single day because I still have to live my life. I got to go to church. There's still things I have to do. So I have to catch a replay. And I'm just like, oh, like I was just like really disappointed. So I was like praying and I was like, God, Holy Spirit, you know, you know, when I invest in these kind of things that I am really trusting and depending on you for you to unlock something for me. I know that I prayed about this opportunity. I know that I was supposed to invest in it. And I know this is good soil. I've been gleaning for her for years. So I just need you to, to reveal. I just need you to reveal. And there was one afternoon, one example, one idea that I said, that was the $500 idea. That was it right there. But it's a matter of being open, a matter of locking into the Holy Spirit, a matter of asking. Like, you know, I prayed about before I sold this $500 for three days. And so I do want you to reveal what it is to me. We're getting down to the end and the Holy Spirit revealed it. And it was in that afternoon that I birthed the May I Call You Queen course. Let me tell you, oh gosh. My friend Catherine said, like, I feel the May I Call You Queen course is more about you and and... And not just about, because it is about the, the wonderful women that are a part of that program that are growing so much. And I remember after the session this week, I had one the, one of the ladies reach out to me and she sent me a voice note and she was like, thank you for doing this. Thank you for letting me in a week late. Thank you for just, you know, walking with me through this. And I just see God's hand of why, you know, he wanted me to do this in this season. And it was just like confirmation of, Oh my gosh. And this is a program where each person pays $500 to be a part of that program. And I invested a $500 seed in order for that light bulb moment of the Holy Spirit to download it after one exercise. And I'm telling you, for the three days, I was like, what is it? Because there ain't been nothing yet that I heard this weekend that I felt like, okay, that was my moment. And that's one of the things that I tell my clients often. Like I've had a couple reviews this week and they were like, wow, that strategy session was mind blowing. And one of the things that I say was when people, and I tell people like it's 250 to invest in a one-on-one strategy session, people are just like 250. Oh, I don't get that. Like if a grant comes up, I'll come and give you the money from that. But, and no shame. I've, I've been doing that all week as I apply for a grant. I'm like hitting people up, like haven't been able to access your services before, but there's a grant. So want to send me a quote? So, but to say invest it yourself, a lot of people are like, yeah, like I don't have, I don't have 250 to sit down and have no conversation with you, girl. I'm good. But one of the things that happened that one of my clients realized this week when she put the status on Facebook, what she was saying to me was, you just opened my mind to so many possibilities and things that I just didn't think about. And if I thought about it, I didn't know the next steps to tap into it. And you just kind of just blew my mind in that moment. And so that's when you sow into good soil. And I'm not saying that I am the only good soil. I'm saying there are good soils out there for you. There are good soils out there that God wants you to invest in because he wants to help you to grow. And I need you to to trust that that's a good soil that I need you to invest in. And that's how it grows. And like I said, it isn't always a business-related investment. Sometimes it's just an investment into someone who's not going to be able to give you anything back. And that's the thing about giving. And that brings me, brings me to my next point of when I went to Lisa Nichols' conference in San Diego 
in person. And that was so shifting for me because it isn't always going to, what you come out of it isn't always going to be monetary gain. Like, like how I said, you know, that was a $500 weekend. So I needed a $500 idea. And so I walked out with an idea where I was able to charge people $500 for it. It's not always going to be like that, like simple math, like in it. And God says that as well. It's not like, oh, I gave the church building fund $1,000. So, you know, $1,000 $1,000 times 10. I want to see it. I want to see it. it. It's not always monetary. The Lisa Nichols event I went to in San Diego, she does this exercise at the end where the room is really quiet and you kind of connect with someone and you're trying to just literally speak into their life and ask them, you know, deep questions like, what are you afraid of? And in that conversation with that lady, she was so, I I still remember her name. Her name was Charity. She had, I have a very effervescent spirit, very loud, very gregarious, very, oh my God, the one's and no, no, it's just, it's a lot sometimes. And so I really enjoy people who have like a really soothing spirit. Like, you know, when you go for like a massage and that lady usually has a very calming, soothing spirit. Her voice is very... You know, I love that because it's a great balance in my life. It's a great balance to all. Yeah, don't ask me what I said just now. It's just, I I do a lot. So I often love those. And I was paired with this lady. Like I said, her name was Charity. And I still remember her face. And I still remember the warmth. And I was, you know, I was sharing things that I'm afraid of. I was sharing things that I'm ashamed of. I was sharing things that... I I was trying to remember what it was. I think I was, oh, I was responding to Charity. So Charity was saying that she's somebody that she gives too much. She gives too much of herself and people take advantage of her. And I was like, yeah, sorry, I can't relate. And I always say that, like, take advantage. Mm-mm. But I said, but the reason is because for a long part of my life, I was a taker. And I was like, I'm not a giver. And she just looked at me and she said, you're a giver. I was like, Charity, you better come through and help me be a giver because what I, re- and that kind of shifted, it shifted what it meant to, to really be a giver and give into someone. Cause it goes back to the first point where it says your thoughts determines your feelings, determines your actions, determines your results. So I, th- I think I'm not a giver and we know that when you give, you end up having more. And so what I was doing with having that scarcity mindset is I was also blocking abundance in my life because I wasn't accepting that I was a giver. So because I didn't want to accept that I was a giver, I was also blocking that area of where God could make sure that abundance was in my life. Because if you have a scarcity mindset, then I'm not trying to give anything to anybody. And so therefore I'm not going to tithe. I'm not going to sow. And so therefore my money's not going to grow. Oh, y'all better Mm, let me copyright that i'm not gonna tithe i'm not gonna sew and therefore my money's not gonna grow i'm just saying if you're not gonna tithe and you're not gonna sew your money just not gonna grow i'm just i'm just saying i'm just saying and so that was something that i can't even put a price on i literally cannot put a price on the plane ticket staying in san diego paying for the conference that moment with charity and it wasn't even with 
Lisa Nichols, who still gives gems of wisdom all the time. But being in those environments as well, when you sew, and it's like the May I Call You Queen course, a lot of the women say too, even in the community, they're learning from each other. And so being a part of that is realizing that it's not about Corel, but you're also being used by the Holy Spirit to facilitate a setting where you're putting like-minded people together who also have wisdom of their own and also are helping to pour into each other. And that's just an experience that you can't even put a price tag on. That one-on-one, the charity of her saying, like Lisa just doesn't have the capacity to go one-on-one with everybody and say, you know, what is something that you're afraid of? What is something that's holding you back? What is something you're ashamed? Lisa and Nichols ain't, you ain't paying that kind of money. And you don't want to pay that kind of money. So she created an atmosphere and a space for you guys to pour into each other because the fact that you showed up here, the fact that you wanted to invest in here shows that you're a game changer, shows that you have wisdom, shows that you are on the path to allowing your purpose to make room for you and that it's not all about money for you because I'm freely able to sow into good soil. But the point is it has to be good soil. It has to be the place that God told me to go. It's like when I was there that weekend saying, okay, there's three days on Zoom. Lord, reveal to me why I... I was given the green light to come here. I need, and I am open to receiving it. So one, you have to make sure that where I go and where I sow the money is where God told me to sow the money. And then I have to release it. I have to release it that it may not be a monetary gain that comes out of it, but maybe it's a spiritual awakening to something that's just going to shift my life in a new way of charity saying to me, you are a giver. And she was so sincere and she was so honest and she was so true. And it was just, it was just so enriching like that experience and 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 like I said, there's there's no price tag for it. And so God is going to pour it back into you. And it may not always be monetary, but you have to be open to it. The fact that it's not just about money. because when I'm And, and the money will come when I'm a good steward over it. The money will come. And the final thing that I wanted to say to you is your gifts will make room for you. Are you trading on your gift? Now, a lot of times when I've heard this scripture, your gifts will make room for you. I get very linear in thinking that my gifts will make room for me. And so my gifts will make room for me means that I am a writer and I want to do film. And so I'm eventually going to have the doors open. And it's very linear of this is how God is going to work. And so God, open the doors. Open the doors. Let me do it. Help me to figure it out. I'm chasing purpose. And I remember after 2016, when I came back from LA and I went to do a film writing course, I'm thinking to myself, okay, God, you told me to stay here. So I don't know what's happening. So like for a year and a half, I wasn't taking jobs. I was traveling. I went to South Africa. I went to Germany. I was writing plays. Um, I was doing playwriting competitions. I was just, but I was not, I didn't have any structure. And just, I just kind of waited. And I don't know if God was waiting on me or I was waiting on him. But the point is, I did not go into any opportunities that was money driven during that time because of the fact that I always got to know. And like there were jobs that I've always wanted. I always wanted to be in the private community. And there were jobs where I like, I watched a person, someone else get hired and see them operating a role and say, wow, that was a job that was offered to me. Um, but God just kept saying no. And so I was in a season for a year and a half where there was no structure. And I remember when I went off to the opportunity with the... U.S. embassies for the Young Leaders of America when I started to establish my company, Island Dreams. I went for film, and I was upset that there was nobody in film that they had me shadowing. I'm like, I'm in the whole U.S., the whole U.S. of A., and y'all can't find one person in film? And so for one week, I think I shadowed this indie guy, and I still appreciate the experience because it was one week I shadowed him, and one weekend we went to Ohio 
and they put me in the hotel for two days and I actually got to go on a real movie set and see the experience and what it was like and talk to the crew. And that was, that was really good for me. That was really good for me. I hear I was thinking I was going to go for four weeks and shadow someone doing that. But one of the things that I birthed out of that experience was doing more branding and marketing and helping people tell their story. But that was not, you know, what I thought. I thought I was trading on the gift that I realized I was a writer and now I was going to do film. And so God let me trade on that. But one of the things that I want you to think about when you read that scripture is do not become so linear or box God in to when he says gift. Because one of the things the Holy Spirit was saying to me is a gift, when it says a gift, your gift will make room for you. A gift can be wisdom. And so wisdom doesn't box me into I'm a writer. Wisdom says that I'm going to be obedient to the next thing that God told me to do. The gift could be time. Did you just have time in this season to explore? Because in another season, it's going to be time to just delegate and move. But this is a season and time to explore other things other than writing. This is a time and a season for me to have you to learn some things that are going to help you in a next season where you're just focusing on this particular thing. This season of singleness is, again, a season of singleness, a season of time, a season of exploration, a season of freedom to do certain things that you may have not been able to do, to work the kind of hours that you may have not been able. So your gift, your gift of singleness is making room for you. Your gift of wisdom to do a lot of things is making room for you. Your gift of a support system. I have a very, hold it down, mom. She'd be listening while she's walking on the beach. Hi, mom. But the support system, the, the gift of the support system, having them there, that's a gift. And that gift is making room for me to be able to do other things in the earth and it's helping me to go after purpose and having God, you know, just open so many doors when it comes to the money he wants to bring to me. And I am so glad that, you know, God has been able to do that. But if you have a mindset where I'm being greedy, because you're not scarce, but you're being greedy, then you're going to be so fixed on, nope, this is how you make money. This is the traditional way to make money. I got to do it my way. When you do it your way, you miss out on the amazing things that God is trying to do in your life. When you Or you focus on that one particular thing. Like if I just said, no, I'm film, I'm film, I'm film, Island Dreams Management wouldn't exist. And I'm not sure the the wave that God wants me to go of how long he wants me to be doing both, how long or how he's going to incorporate branding and marketing. And quite frankly, that ain't my business. Facts. It's just not. I'm sorry, sweetheart. You do what I tell you to do until I tell you not to do it. And can I tell you in 2021 when like this seems like no time when the film opportunities will be coming. This is the year when projects are opening and I'm seeing God, you know, open doors to things that I just, you know, put on the side until he was ready. And it's people remembering your name from the fact that you've done plays and we know you've done films and there's different things that you've done here or there when God told me to, you know, do a short documentary and we entered into the film festival and just little things here and there that God told me to keep doing that allowed me to know that the promise is still budding. I just need you to just be obedient with everything else I'm telling you to do. And so I'm just watching God move in my life and money has not become a factor because it's not about getting more money and it's not about trying to hold on to the money I have, but it's about being obedient to what God is doing in my life. And so my last question for you was, are you trading on the gift? 
And when I say, are you trading on the gift, not being linear, not boxing God in of, yes, my gift is writing and I'm trading on it. No, let's be open to what God wants to do in this season. And he will, he will allow you to know later. I remember I used to say all the time, why did I go to school for psychology? Because I'm trying to be a filmmaker. Why did I go to school for psychology? Because now I'm doing training and development through my company and we focus on branding and marketing. Why did I go to school? And then I just see how God allows me to be someone who uses psychology and helping people to understand their clients and their customers and understanding themselves and understanding what they're communicating to their clients and customers that they may not be realizing they're communicating and why it may not be resulting in sales, even though they think it should be resulting in sales because they're doing step one, two, and three. And so therefore the psychology brain is giving me such an edge when it comes to branding and marketing that somebody who only studied marketing wouldn't have. And so it's allowing God to do what he does best and be God. Allow God to be God. And so when you have a scarcity mindset, when you're trying to, you know, hold and hoard over my funds or when I'm trying to be greedy and just get more and more and more so I'm not being obedient to what God says, I'm only going after opportunities that are going to bring me money, then you're not trusting God to, to... to play the role in your life that he is meant to play. Because if I am God, Lord over your life, then I'm I'm the instructor. I'm the ruler. I'm the ruler and I know best. I know best. And I, I'm so glad that, you know, years ago that I realized that I needed to tithe. I realized that I needed to change my thinking and therefore it'll change my feelings and therefore it'll change my actions and therefore I got a different result. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results, I say it all the time, is insanity insanity. So if you're going to be a good steward over your money, I want you to remember that you must one, be aware of what is your relationship like with money. Number two, understand the purpose of the first, giving God your first. Number three, sow into good soil. Don't be afraid to sow into good soil. Be obedient when God tells you to sow. Sow into good soil. If you tithe and you sow, your money will grow. And the final one is, are you trading on your gift? Because your gift is more than just writing or more than just this one thing that you think you've been able to do. And when you trade on your gift, we, even if it's not the gift of time, wisdom, if it is a particular thing, if it is writing, your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. David came into Saul's life because he was playing the harp. But he didn't play the harp for the rest of his life. That was just the key. And so if he just held on to, I'm a heart player. That's how I got in the door. I'm a heart player. That's what got me here. I'm a heart player. All right. There's so much more that I have for you, King David. But if you just want to insist that you got to be the musician of the kingdom, then stay there then. Stay there then because there's more. There's more. Are you trading on the gift? Because the gift is that you're a man after God's own heart. That's the gift. The gift is that you're a man after God's own heart. So you're going to be obedient in anything that God tells you to do. That's the gift. Not that you're a heart player. Not that, you know, you got through the door. That was the first thing that brought you in the door. But you are more than a heart player. And so I don't know who needs to hear that, but you are more than just a singer. You are more than just a writer. You are more than just an entrepreneur. You are more than just someone who makes a really good product. There is more that God has for you to do. And so, so know that the gift that David had was that he was a man after God's own heart. Not that he was a hard player that got him in the door. And we know that because there's so many more things that we know David for other than playing the harp. And so I want you to remember that. I want you to know that if you trade on your gift, if you chase purpose, not money, if you depend on God, if you tithe and if you sow, your money 
is going to grow. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. I have enjoyed, enjoyed this series stewardship. And just as a whole, I want us to remember that whatever we have in front of us now, if we're obedient and we give that to God, he's going to help it to grow. He's going to help it to go to the level that he sees it going. But we have to trust him. We have to trust. We have to be patient when it's not growing as fast as we want it to grow. And we have to be to trust him when it's growing faster than we thought it would have grown. When we don't understand exactly you know, how these things are moving or how all of these puzzles will come together, how God is really going to do it in our life. We have to trust him. And so we have to be a good steward over what we've been given because there is more that God wants us to do. I believe he takes us from glory to glory to glory and there's more that he wants to do in our life, but we have to trust him for it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to leave a rating review and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Royal Access Podcast. Be sure to learn more about how to connect with us in the show notes below. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend. We would also love for you to consider leaving a rating or a review. Until next time, I'm Corel Pinder, your truth-telling accountability partner.